Welcome to Skills for Life, a podcast about high-demand jobs that are shaping future opportunities. This show is brought to you by the North Shore Schools Foundation. I'm Kira Dorian, your host and a North Shore mom. Let's get started. Today on the show, I am welcoming Barry Glenn. He is an insurance agent with his own independently operated insurance and financial services agency. Barry, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kira. Appreciate you having me. I'm excited to talk with you. Tell me a little bit about what you do, because I don't know that I've ever heard those two things combined before. I'm sure they they often are, but what a smart combination of things to be doing financial services and insurance. That makes a lot of sense. So tell me about that. Right. Well, a lot of a lot of what we do today is so much about education. And I think that insurance and financial services are where it all kind of starts is understanding what it is to be properly insured. So much of what we do is kind of viewed as a, oh, that's just a, that's not a necessity. And understanding at an, at an early age, what really truly means to be properly insured or what it means to be financially astute is really important. And I think that's what we really do. We pride ourselves on just educating the the general public on what it means to be properly insured. Wow. I mean, that is really important, particularly, I think, for my generation and the generation below me, where that financial security isn't necessarily a guarantee when we retire, right? So all the more reason to make sure that we've got all of our ducks in a row to make sure that we can retire comfortably and safely and all those things. Correct. You know, there's a there's a statistic out there that 60% of Americans have less than $1,000 in savings. And I think that really we can get to the people and, and help them through that process. It'll help us as we get older. Yeah. Wow. What an important job that you do. I love that. So tell me a little bit about how you got here. You know, what was your career path to get to where you are and now having your own kind of independently operated agency as well? Right. Well, I think I don't many, know many people that, that go into it going, hey, I'm going to be an insurance agent. Uh, my path was out of college. I was in tech. I worked for a company for 17 years, worked my way up through uh, sales and sales management. And it got to the point where I was thinking, I want to make, I want to make a difference in people's lives. I want to help people. And I want to do it as an entrepreneur. And so I kept looking around the different facets of business. And about 16 years ago, I kind of did an analysis on a variety of businesses and insurance and financial services were kind of that relationship building uh, annuity type business where once you build something, the uh, money could continue to come in uh, far reaching. And so that's kind of where I, it, it drew me to insurance and financial services 16 years ago. Wow. That's really interesting. And and so would you say that this is a field where you need to have a college education right out the gate, where you need to study a particular thing? Or is this a field that maybe you could take a, a sort of circuitous path to get to? I think it's the latter. I don't think it's necessarily something that you've got to have a college degree. But I think unlike most people, they're not learning this stuff until well into their adulthood. And I think the benefit could be learning things in middle school, in high school, in college, just regarding financial services and financial astuteness. It is really paramount to doing that. So while I had a college degree, I didn't, insurance doesn't, now there is testing, quite a bit of testing. If you'd like me to get into that, I can go through that as well. Sure. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. So the the testing is similar to what I would equate to the bar exam 
or similar to a real estate license. It is very thorough. It is it is not uh, for the faint of heart, but once you pass, it is for a lifetime as long as you keep your continuing education credits up. And so I've got my insurance and financial services accreditation and also a series six and 63 for financial services products. And those are both testing. Okay. And so if I'm, you know, a student and I'm thinking, huh, that sounds interesting, especially from that entrepreneurial lens of I'm building something, right? I'm building a business that's going to keep giving to me as I keep giving to it (laughs) as the years go on. Yeah. What do you think students need to be studying now? Like what kind of skills should they be building knowing that maybe that's the path they want to go down? Financial products is definitely, so finance, marketing, business, anything to deal with managing people, but, but it, it can be down to the managing a checkbook or what does the value of a dollar mean or the savings account or learning stocks and bonds at a relatively early age or understanding the facets of what the market is or uh, economics, things like that. So everything that is taught today, just in a different lens, if you will, as far as being more identifiable into the financial products. Mm. So how do I get that either at school or outside of school? Like which classes should I be taking in high school? Or are there programs outside of school, like extracurricular that I should be getting involved in? Like you mentioned, you know, understanding stocks and that kind of thing. How do I do that? So I know in college today, back when I was going to college in the 80s, there wasn't these type of classes. Today there are. You can get into and understand specifically stocks and bonds or checking accounts or the economics of various financial products, life insurance. There's different classes that will allow people to get a broader scope of just what it is that they are looking for versus just your standard marketing class. They're fine-tuning those classes today. That's really cool. I love hearing that. So how do you think this field is going to transform over the next five to 10 years as our students are coming out into the workplace? How's it going to maybe look different than it looks right now? Yeah, great question. I think that the autonomous cars, specifically to auto insurance, the autonomous cars are going to create a different industry all in and of itself because you can imagine the further we get down to where there might not even be a driver in the driver's seat, right. <laughs> where does liability lie? So if I own a car, but yet I rent it out to someone who I'm going to tell the car to go to you to pick you up and that car gets into an accident, where's the liability in that? So a lot of things that are still not even identified today because of where this autonomous car is going, I think, you know, you look at Tesla, they have Tesla insurance. Well, that's a that's an interesting caveat to the 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 normal insurance if you will. They're providing their own insurance. So, as a liability, it is interesting to see where this is going to fall. The VRBO in the home industry mm. and and vacation uh, vacasa, where does that go? Because if I'm now buying a house and then renting it out like a hotel where people are coming and going, where's the liability in that? If I come in and destroy your place, there's a lot of just different facets to new technology that's out there. I heard an interesting statistic that 45, I think it was 45% of all jobs in the year 2030 are not even identified yet. 
It might even, it might be a little bit higher than that. That is crazy to understand. And in our industry, 45%, we could, I could say 45% of the policies might not even be identified today because of just how vastly changing this environment is. Wow. So how do you think that influences or impacts our students as they're considering these fields? How can they kind of get ahead of that curve or, or be more marketable, you know, based on this ever-evolving field? I think that I don't want to put too much into the, the overall facet of being in a financial and services professional. I think just having the awareness and good people skills, this is a relationship industry. You know, I have upwards of a couple thousand clients, and while I don't have a relationship with every one of them, the vast majority I do. So you've got to be a people person first. So there's a level of just not only the product knowledge, but learning to get more in tune with the relationship that you have with your client or prospect. Mm. And you can't sometimes teach that, but you can hone those skills with various aspects of motivational training or classes that's going to lend itself down that path. Right. Because I surely didn't get into this out of college going, I was going to be an insurance agent. I don't think most will. It's going to be a path of, hey, that's intriguing. And what is it that is drawing people towards being able to, to talk with people on a daily basis, similar to real estate or mortgage brokerage or you know any variety of the people-client uh, relationships. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm curious, and forgive me, this might be a little bit of an ignorant question, but what's the difference between someone like you who's running you know, their own show, as it were, <laughs> and maybe somebody who works for an insurance agency? And, and why would someone choose one or the other? Sure. Great question. So I have five licensed team members in my agency. They can do everything that I can do, except they don't have their name on the door and have the financial challenges, if you will, of carrying as an ownership. So you can get into the industry as a what I call them as a team member, because it truly is a team. Everybody achieves more when everybody's trying to get, work at the same common goal. But they basically have every credential that I have and every license that I have. And I am paying them as a W-2 employee, whereas if they want to migrate to being a owner, that is absolutely an opportunity for people to do that. So you don't have to get into ownership out of the get-go. You can kind of walk before you run and get into the industry in a variety of ways to see if you like it and then kind of go up through the ladder. Mm, I see. That makes a lot of sense. So tell me what you love about your job. Oh, where do I start? The uh, I think being a people person is really watching people grow, watching my team members grow and having them get a certain product set and taking that and expanding it to help their prospects and our clients. That's one area. As an entrepreneur, the ability to teach people and have them get excited about wanting to come to work each day is really what drives me. The other aspect that I love to do is I love to talk to people. And so understanding and getting people's, what their care abouts are, what their goals are. If I have a young married couple, no children, what's their plan? Are they going to have children? Are they planning to retire out of the country? Do they plan to have rental properties? Things like that. Because I can help guide them from an insurance and financial services standpoint better by having those knowledges. And it's, it's fun to, to meet people that have 
their insurance spread out all over the place because they don't know any better and to be able to help them through that process. That's really what I like to do. It sounds really rewarding to really help people feel secure in their finances and grow toward their future and and just sort out whatever stresses. Because I feel like finances are really stressful unless you're in the financial industry. <laughs> so it must just feel really good to help people feel better about that. It really does. It really does. And even when you're in it, it doesn't mean there's not stress in that in that arena as well. But helping people get through the unexpected, I mean, that's really what we're doing is we're selling money Kind of, it, it, if if somebody has an unexpected loss, they want to know that they're going to get taken care of. And that's really what our goal is to try and help them do because they're spending money on a monthly basis for whatever that product set is. And if there's an unexpected loss, whether that's in a car, a home, or a loss of a loved one, is there money there to help them and their family through that that process? Right. Any final takeaways for our students who might be listening or parents who might be listening? Allowing our kids to kind of venture into different areas, and this is definitely one that really wasn't even brought out years ago, but I think the more you can do, more parents can do to help kids understand the value of a dollar and what it means to be properly covered for the unexpected, the better they can help themselves down the road. That's great. Well, Barry, thank you so much for your time and for just this little sneak peek into the really cool work that you do. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Kira. It was a pleasure. Nice to meet you. We hope you'll join us again and remember to hit subscribe to be notified about upcoming episodes. Join the conversation on our Facebook page, Build Skills for Life. That's Build Skills, the number four, and then the word life. To learn more about the North Shore Schools Foundation, visit us at northshoreschoolsfoundation.org. Thanks for listening.